up, everybody? It is your host, Dejon Yerby, and this is Cozy Bear Farms Podcast, and it is Oversized Jersey Day. It is not actually Oversized Jersey Day. I just really love wearing oversized jerseys. This is from Gaps, Inc. Shout out to Gaps, Inc. They make really cool stuff, mainly for powerlifters, but they make really cool jerseys, too. I don't know how much this thing costs, but let's get off of jerseys and let's really get into today's episode. So today's episode, we're going to answer the question, why should I get into the world of agriculture? That's a very, very broad question. That's a very, very complex question. That question gets a lot of very basic answers. Oh, don't you want to be sustainable? Oh, don't you want to grow your own food? Oh, don't you want to live off the land? Don't you want to be off the grid? Forget all those answers. I'm here to tell you the truth. The world of agriculture is dope. There's so much stuff you can do in the world of agriculture. It's not just about being sustainable. It's not just about growing your own food. There's a lot of different things you can do in the world of ag. The world of ag covers so many bases because at the end of the day, it does cover food. It's food at the end of the day. We're all talking about food here from vegetables to cows to pigs to chickens to fish. I mean, it's, it's talking about food or sometimes we can go off into the side and we're just talking about plants and it's plants from trees to herbs to hibiscus to all these other different things. We can go into the uh, poultry side and we can get more into chickens. We can go into the animal side and then we can talk more about pigs and cows and horses and all these other things. The world of ag covers so many different bases and there shouldn't be the question of why should I come into this world? It should be why shouldn't I come into this world? Somebody give me some questions. Um, No, not questions. Somebody give me some answers on why I should not be in this world. I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Oh, you're going to smell bad all day? You're going to be working long hours? Guess what? You're already doing that in the cubicle that you hate being in right now. Now, I know some people are going to ask me, why did I get into the world of ag? The reason I got into the world of ag is because it's the most stupidest reason you'll ever hear in your life. But it coming from Cozy, so it makes sense. When I was nine years old, I saw this movie with Kevin Bacon in it. The greatest, most ridiculous movie that you could ever see when you're 10 years old. Well, nine years old. It was Tremors. Yes, Tremors. The movie where they had to battle against those 100-foot-long worms in the ground that were eating people. And the movie probably could have been ended in like five minutes if they could have just got out to town and called the military or the police. But because it was an old country town, that's the stuff they had to deal with. It was such a ridiculous movie. But off the premise of the movie, the reason why the movie made me start taking tippy-toe steps into the world of ag, well, just like baby steps to that world, was when I saw Kevin Bacon and the other guy. I don't know what the guy's name is because I'm not that old and I really don't pay attention to actors. Kevin Bacon is my number one actor in the world. Uh, They were just working on their own. They had their own schedule. They were outdoors all day. They could do whatever they want. They could work whenever they want. They could start their day whenever they wanted. And they were their own bosses. They made their own money. And they really wasn't relying on anybody. And for some reason, when I was 10 years old, that really just resonated with me to where I really wanted to do that for my own. But then I was thinking, okay, so what could I do that 
could actually get me to that point. And as I was growing up, it seems like I couldn't find that answer. I got to high school. I was playing football. Shout out to this football jersey. I was playing football, and I just really could not figure out how I could be my own boss and work my own hours and everything like that. And it, and it seemed like I was going to take this football route because I was pretty good at football. And I was one of those people that was just all like, hey, I'm good at this one thing. And this one thing is probably going to make me the most amount of money when I get older. So maybe I should just stick with doing this one thing. But then I took a horticulture class in high school. Fell in love with that horticulture class. I love going out to the greenhouse. I love going out planting stuff out by the school. I love doing the landscaping around the school. For some reason, it really just resonated to me. And then when I was able to plant my own seeds and they grew, I was head over heels on that stuff. I was like, man, this is amazing. Now, when I was little, I would grow like stuff in our garden. I would go do these little weird ag program things sometimes because my mom was like, hey, you need to get up out the house and if you like plants, go play with these other little kids and they plants. So I did little bits of stuff like that, but I never went super deep into it until I got into that horticulture class. And after that horticulture class, the next following year, I did environmental science and I was really falling in love with the science behind agriculture. Now, I know a lot of people be like environmental science and agriculture are not the same thing. Look, shut up. They are the same thing. And I was really falling in love with learning about weather patterns and watersheds and all this other different stuff because environmental science does play a big role in agriculture, especially if you're trying to grow plants. So I really loved that class. Then in my senior year, I actually took an agriculture class. And that agriculture class, we went even further into the world of agriculture and we covered a lot more stuff. It just fueled my passion for that stuff. And luckily... I know a lot of people saying, hey, this ain't lucky. This is a really, really, really bad thing that happened to you. I blew out my knee. It was one of those football games where there was a lot of scouts in the crowd. And I was doing my best. I was showing out. And, oh, I was an offensive lineman at the time. So I was 300 pounds just just blocking people. And... I remember it was one. It was this one game we were playing. Who were we playing? Um, Flowery Branch. It was called the school was called Flowery, Flowery Branch, and I was just blocking everybody. At one point, I blocked three people at the same time. I had my my wide arms out. I was grabbing this guy's shoulder pad, this guy's shoulder pad, and there was a guy in front of me in the middle who I was just sandwiching in, and. I was running to the side with all three of them. The running back, he was supposed to go the other way, but he decided to come my way. And I guess there was another guy on the other team who had scouts looking for him because he decided that he was going to be a baller and try to jump over my three-person wall. But when he jumped over, he landed on us. And while my body went one way, my leg went the other way, I heard the biggest pop in my life come out of my knee, and it was over. My whole football journey was done. Um, Went to the doctor. 
told me that I had to tear my ACL, told me I would, he told me I was lucky enough that I could walk, but he was like, there's no way you could play football ever again. And he was like, even if you got the surgery, your knee is just so weak from what happened that it would just be nearly impossible for you to play football. He was like, you would be dealing with even more injuries if you were to continue to play football. So, of course, I cried. I cried in that little doctor's office. It was fine, though, because then after that, I left the football team. I actually started um, working for this program called the Young Urban Farmers, and that just fueled me even more to say, hey, I want to be a farmer. I want to actually do this because we actually got to sell at farmer's markets, and that fueled my fire to be like, hey, I want to sell at a farmer's market because, like I said in our intro video, I really love business, and selling at a farmer's market seemed like it was the most business thing you could do. You're sitting out there, and you're in control of how you're going to make money. You're in control of, hey, if you're going to make your nut to cover you for the whole entire year, this is where you're going to have to do it. And for some reason, that little pressure, that little scary pressure just excited me to where it was all like, oh man, we're going to do this. And I wanted to make my stand look like the best. I wanted to have the best vegetables. I wanted to have the best everything. I wanted to make sure that I was super charismatic. I just wanted to just be legit. I just wanted to go off. So that really helped me get into that world. That really fueled me to get into that world. Now, do I regret not being a football player? No. I mean, it's a once in a million chance that you're going to be a football player. I mean, the percentage of people like me making it to the NFL is very, 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 very slim. If I was to map out my journey right now, I think I probably would have just got to uh, some high college and then I probably would not have got drafted. And then I probably would have been playing for one of those weird side leagues like the FCC or the XFL or whatever, one of those things. And I wouldn't have been happy. I would have been thinking, man, what if I was a farmer? I would have been thinking that so much. But that's what helped me get into the world of ag. And everybody got their own different stories of what helped them get into the world of ag. I know some people that said um, one person that I know, she was a sales rep. Uh, representative at a company and I guess she just didn't really want to do it anymore and she was like hey I I, I, I would rather go home and, and plant a bunch of flowers and just deal with flowers all day than dealing with these people that really don't seem like they care about me and guess what she did it now she's a flower farmer she sells flowers to her community she, she sells flowers to me I bought them before. They're really, really great. I usually go to her when I mess up and I need to apologize to somebody. So I'll buy some flowers from her. Everybody got their own little story of what helped them get into this world of ag. Some people um, really just want to be outside and just grow stuff. Some people don't want to do it for a business. Some people just want to be able to grow stuff. One of my best, my best friend in the whole entire world, he works at a pizza joint right now and he really just wants to do something where he's growing something because it makes him happy. And that's his steps into the world of ag. He likes working at the pizza place, but he would rather, not he would rather, he likes working at the pizza place, but he 
also wants to just grow stuff at his house because that just brings him happiness. Because sometimes working at a pizza place can be very, very stressful. You got to deal with people. You got to make sure the dough's rising. You got to make sure you put enough pepperonis on the pizza and all that other stuff. There's some crazy stuff that you got to worry about when you're a pizza maker. But he wants to come home and just see plants. And he wants to be able to smell his plants. And he wants to be able to water his plants and nurture for them and care for them. And he wants to be able to have that sensation of, hey, I'm growing stuff. Now, I took him with me the other day to go pick some oats. And that was his very first time really, really being outside. And that boy has some allergies. I tell you what, his face was turning red. Um, He had to take a ton of Benadryl. But he's fine. He's alive. He's alive. He enjoyed it, though. He really, really liked it. But that probably was just too much too soon for him. Um, hopefully he's all right right now. I texted him the other day. I think he's good, but who knows? <laughs> but, uh, why should I get into the world of ag? That's why I got into it. And I know a lot of other people got their own little stories too, of why they got into the world of ag. And everybody's story is different. Everybody's journey is going to be different, but that's fine. As long as you can get into the world and you feel all right with it. This shouldn't be a problem. Now, some people are going to be asking the questions of, hey, what are the drawbacks? What if I don't want to be a business person? What if I don't want to stick my hands in the dirt? What if I don't want to deal with animals? What if I don't want to deal with that? World of Ad also covers a lot of mechanic problems, too. So if you're a mechanic and you really like working with tools all day, guess what? Tractors break down all the time. Guess what? Chicken houses break down all the time. You don't necessarily have to deal with living things in the world of ag there's a lot of machinery and there's a lot of carpentry that we need help with too i know i need help with a lot of stuff i can't build a shed i could build a shed but i don't want to build a shed and i'd rather go get somebody who do want to build a shed so i don't have to oh sounds like they're building next door um but to answer that question why should i get into the world of ag the big question should be, why not? Why not? Why not get into the world of act? Why not get into this world and experience the things that everybody else does and experience happiness that you will never ever experience from anything else besides having kids or meeting the love of your life or all that other stuff? If you want that quick release of, hey, happiness, get into the world of act. If you're living in an apartment somewhere and you're just like, I ain't got no room to grow nowhere, get a bunch of pots. Get a bunch of pots, put some plants in them, grow those, you'll be fine. If you're somewhere where you're just like, hey, I want to have my own garden, but I have no space, make some raised beds. Hey, if you're somewhere and you're just like, hey, I really don't want to deal with dirt. I love animals, but I love being out in the ocean. Be a fisherman. Do whatever. There's all different types of stuff you can do in the world of ag. There's every and every other thing that you can do. The world of ag is so big. It is so big. I mean, we have three different parts of the world of ag, horticulture, animal science, and poultry. But there's so much stuff that's involved in the world of ag that people just don't realize. And hopefully, if you're somebody in the world of ag and you watch this, you're sitting back thinking, hey, what can I do to help somebody get into this world? Or, hey, what if, I, what if I'm sitting here and I want to get into the world of ag and I'm contemplating it now? Maybe I should go ask somebody who is in the world of ag, what do they think they should do? So, you guys answer that question. 
But right now, we're going to move on to some fan questions. This episode is brought to you by Heart Song Herbs. Heart Song Herbs is a farm and apothecary based in Athens, Georgia. They are proudly part of a growing movement of regenerative agricultural farming that prioritizes soil health to grow beyond organic. Founder Dana Nevins produces herbal tinctures and beauty care products with the vigor and potency of plants found as they grow in the wild right outside of her door. This high quality herbal medicine is available in two ounce formulas that aid in everything from immune support to anxiety relief. Find Hearts on Herbs at various Athens retailers or online at www.heartsonherbs.com. Again, that is www.heartsonherbs.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Recipe for Press. If your company wants to engage today's influencers and inspire them to write about you, then you need to read Recipe for Press. Athens-based communication advisor and author Amy Fleury helps entrepreneurs across the country demystify the process of pitching their story and creating a buzz. Her book, Recipe for Press, the DIY PR guide to being your own publicist is truly empowered me and so many other local companies to grow their customer base by sharing their stories. Listeners get a 20% discount with the code cozy when they order amy's book or any of her products in recipe for press store found on www.amyflurry.com again that is 20 percent off using the promo code cozy for any of the products on recipe for press store found on www.amyflurry.com www.amyflurry.com Okay, let's get into some fan questions. To send in fan questions, you can either email us at CozyBearMarketGarden at gmail.com or go on Instagram and DM me at CozyBearMarketGarden.com because that's the name of my farm. Or I will leave a post up every Sunday and you can leave your questions under the post in the comment section. So let's get into some fan questions. First question is, hey, Cozy. I love that everybody thinks my name now is Cozy. Hey, Cozy, I planted some carrots the other day, and I saw that a lot of the carrots did not germinate. Is it because I had bad seeds, or did I not plant the seeds down deep enough? What should I do? Okay, simple question. That's a simple, 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 simple thing. Uh, Carrots need a shit ton of water. I don't know if I can cuss now. Whatever. They need a shit ton of water. They need a lot of water, like a lot of water. You got to water those guys for 14 days straight just to get some germination. Now, if you're on a farm, even if you're doing drip tape, this is for the farmers now. If you're doing drip tape, you still need to go out there with a hose and soak that stuff. If you're doing overhead irrigation like I do, you need to have the overhead irrigation going on that one section every single day. And then you're probably still going to have to soak it again. Carrots just really need a lot of water. They're really annoying with that, but that's just what you're going to have to do to get them to germinate so that you can have a bunch of carrots. Now, sometimes if you do have some bad seeds, you probably got the seeds from some cheap place 
like a convenience store or something, if you really, really caring about growing some food, you need to buy from a legit seed company. So I would suggest Johnny Seeds or High Mowing Organic Seeds or Fedco Seeds, like a real seed company that's very high profile because their seeds usually never do wrong. But if you go to like a convenience store and you're seeing that little packet with the pictures on them, probably not going to get the best seeds. Probably just not. And they're probably not going to come out well. Let's go on to the next question. Hey, Cozy. I'm trying to figure out how many raised beds should I put in my backyard and how tall should I make the raised beds. I want to grow enough food for me and my family, but I just don't know how many raised beds I'll actually need. Okay. I don't know how big, I don't have enough information for that because I don't know how big of a family you have. So I'm just going to assume that you have four kids. We're going to go off of that. You have four kids and their names are Tom, Jill, Jerry, and Betty. But you have four kids. And for raised beds, if it was me, I would make my raised beds four by eight. So four foot by eight feet. And I would probably make them two feet tall two feet tall that's pretty much all you need and just fill it up with dirt go to a um usually landscape companies have dirt or you can go to a mulch place and they have raised bed um dirt or you can go to you can go to your um what is it called landfill and landfill usually has a bunch of compost you just need to fill it up with some dirt and compost now, if you have four kids, I don't know how much you're feeding those kids, and I don't know how much food you guys are actually going to need to grow. So I'm just going to say that you guys, and I also don't know how big your backyard is. So I'm just going to say that you guys, at minimum, would want four raised beds. Get four raised beds. And plant in them whatever you guys like to eat. But if you guys like to eat, eat, I would suggest that you plant crops that can cut, that you can cut and they come back again. Everybody loves planting cabbage. Everybody loves planting broccoli. But you will notice that broccoli and cabbage takes up a lot of room. And when you cut them that one time, that's it. That's all you get. So if you don't have a ton of room and you're trying to figure out, hey, what should I plant in my four raised beds? Plant a lot of stuff that you can cut and they can come back again, like kale, do some lettuce mix, do arugula, do some spinach. You can spin, you can use two of your beds to put carrots and radish and turnips in so you can have some root stuff. And then you could use your other bed for your fruit crop stuff like squash and tomatoes and eggplants and peppers. But if it was me and if I had four kids and I don't know how big your backyard is, I would have four by eight raised beds that are two feet tall. I would have four by eight raised beds that are two feet tall and I would have four of them. And I would just put in there stuff that can cut and come back again. And if you're trying to say, hey, but I really like cabbage and I really like broccoli, then go to your local farmer's market and buy that stuff from a farmer that does have the space to grow all that stuff. So that's my solution or answer to that. And please, if you're going to send me in a question, give me a lot more details, like how many kids you have and how big is your yard? So let's go on to the next question. Hey, Cozy. So I'm really debating on. Should I do overhead irrigation or should I do drip tape irrigation? 
I have to land in the space to do either one, but I just don't know which one to do. What should I do? <sighs> Y'all hitting me with them big complex questions. This is gonna be the last question too, because that's kind of that's gonna take me a minute to explain. Um, drip tape and overhead are both good. I do overhead at my farm. But there's a caveat to that. If you want to do overhead, I love overhead. I love overhead. But the only reason that I'm doing overhead is because I have a giant lake that I pump the water from to water everything in my farm. So even if I had a well, there'll be a ton of water. I feel like the best way to do overhead is that you need like a man-made lake or a pond or something. Oh, yeah, no, it's a pond. I'll call it a pond. I'm not going to call it a lake. It's huge, but I'll call it a, I'll call it a pond or something. Something that you can pump the water from to water everything. And then when you water everything, the water just trickles back down into that pond or lake or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if I should call it a lake or a pond, but that would be the only reason. The only way that I would do overhead is if I had a lake or a pond. Even if I had well water, I probably still wouldn't even do overhead. But overhead is great because it soaks everything. If you can make your own man-made lake or pond on your farm, go for overhead. Now, if you have well water, I would do drip. I would do drip because you want to manage how much water that you're sending out there. Drip tape is a... It's a challenge. It's a challenge to get it down on the ground. It's a challenge to move around it. I mean, it's just a beast. Nobody really wants to deal with it. Nobody really, really wants to deal with it. But we have to, if you're using drip, especially if you have well water. And if you're dealing with city water, whew, you really going to want that drip. You do not want to spend a lot of money on your water bill because too much water was being sent out there. Drip is good because it can put the, the right amount of water right next to the crop, right into the ground. And that's why drip tape is good. It's just there's no easy way of how to deal with drip tape. I wish there were easier ways, but they're just not. They're just not. I wish there were, but they're just not. So if it was me, I would do drip. If I had city water or if I had well water, I know some people might disagree with me on that one, but... That's what I would do. But if I had a pond or a man-made lake, I would be doing overhead. I would do overhead and I would spend all the money that I need to do to do overhead. Because overhead is a lifesaver. You can actually get your crops a whole lot quicker. You don't have to move stuff around. It saves on time. Waste management is really, really good. It's just you're going to spend an arm and a leg to get it. Luckily, the place that I'm that I'm at, the people already did it before I got there. I'm just leasing it. Hopefully you can find somebody that you can lease that out from. But to answer that guy's question, that's those would be the two reasons or the two suggestions that I would give to you. If, you, if you're on city water, do drip. If you're doing well water, I would do drip. But if you can put a man-made lake out there and just pump out from the lake, do that. The only thing with that too is you're going to be dealing with piping. And you really don't want to pump that water out when it gets cold because if your pipes freeze and burst, that's a whole nother problem. But that's for another day on the podcast. But thank you guys for listening to the show. 
thank you guys for watching if you're watching on youtube um hopefully i answered the question in the beginning and hopefully those fans get their answers get the answers that they wanted uh hit that like and subscribe button leave a comment in the comments below and follow me on instagram at cozy bear market garden and you can find me every Saturday in Athens, Georgia at Pittert Park at the Winterville, Georgia's Marigold Farmer's Market every Saturday from 10 to 2. You can meet me there in person and I will sign autographs even though I'm not that famous. But thank you guys for listening. Cozy's out.